0: The Press On Podcast. I'm Josh. And I am Jeff. And we're glad that you joined us again. We're want to give a big thank you for listening. Um, I want to give a big thank you to Jeff for facilitating this whole process. And uh, can we take a second to give a big thanks to our wives for being such good sports? Yeah, they, they, they deal with some late nights when we're in the studio. They do, they do. Um, so we just want to give you thank you to them. I, I don't know if they listen. I don't know if Ashley listens. I don't think Becca listens to the podcast. Or she, uh, I don't think she's caught up at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Ashley is <laughs> that's either. All right, that's all right. They probably li- listen to us talk about it so much they've heard it 15 times over by the time we're done. But anyway, uh, tonight we're actually going to discuss a topic that Jeffrey spoke on to the Thursday night um, um, young adult uh, Bible class. I was real about. I had to think about young adult. A lot of qualifiers. High in that school, statement. college age. High school, college. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Thursday nights, uh, Jeff and Ashley. Um, um, they're very hospitable people. Uh, if you don't know them, that's probably the thing I would I would say most about them. Uh, and so every Thursday, Thursday they open up their home to young adults and and to the older. Well, I, I guess I guess we're considered young adults too we're, we're, we're getting, older than those yeah, older that than, are yeah. younger but anyway he, he <laughs> opens up his home and and that we have a Thursday night bible study and the, the last one man it was it was killer Jeff. um it was about love and I think you used first John as a springboard but then you branched out and you really just tied it together toward the end in a way that was very uh challenging um at the moment I didn't appreciate how challenged I was because I was already in a bad mood that day. And then and then you, you present a lesson that really cuts me to my heart. Um, so that, that may have been why I was in such a sour mood that that night. <laughs> um, but it was a great lesson. I think it's uh, worth repeating. Um, and it's worth, um, you know, giving to the Press On podcast audience. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to Jeffrey. He's going to, you know, Start things off, and then we'll just um, have our usual conversation.
1: Yeah, it was it was a really engaging study. Um, and again, it's 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 funny that a lot of times um, people in their kindness will will say things about some studies that I'm able to be a part of. And the most ironic thing about that is that most of the stuff that I talk about, I get from other people too. And really, in in, in all truthfulness none of it really comes from us anyway and that's that's the great thing about it because uh, if it was left up to us to teach things that were new and come up with new things uh, we would mess it up and just just like we'd messed up the opportunity to live righteous lives can you imagine if we wrote the bible sin. so it, oh man
0: it would it would be the most horrendous thing
1: yeah there, there's, there's a lot of things especially when you read some of the things that happens in the gospels there's a lot of stories that i read through and I'm like wow I really would not have done it that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In, in in all truthfulness. So, um it's just it's neat to see that throughout the the word of God and uh, especially as you talk about love and that's kind of the idea of what we're going to talk about, but we're not really going to talk about love so much from a uh, romantic romantic what what is the definition because it is a romantic term not by uh and by romantic. I mean, uh from the term romanticism which uh, uh, in, entails uh, actions that are produced through uh, great relationships and, and things of that nature. Like, for instance, uh, some some of Shakespeare's works are right. considered uh, romantic, not because all of his works, for, for example, Julius Caesar is not a <laughs> romantic novel, right. uh, but it is uh, romanticism because of the nature of his writing, uh, what was behind the writing and... Uh, the stories that he told and what they, they portrayed to the love of humanity, mm-hmm. the love for good rather than the love for evil. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in that sense, the gospel is very romantic.
0: The Press On podcast is getting a literature lesson and a Bible lesson all at the same time. I appreciate that, Jeffrey. Yeah,
1: and, and for those of you who who don't know me that well, um, I have horrible eyesight, and I almost always wear my contacts but tonight I have my glasses on, so you kn- you knew there was bound to be something
0: really nerdy come out of Yeah, meets, yeah. So. We, you class the place up by 10, at least 10, 10 points oh, right Oh, well, now. thanks. I you look really good. That. Thanks. You should class them more often.
1: Um, you know, I I,
0: I want to because contacts are so stinking expensive. But then again,
1: what's my deal with stinking today?
0: I don't know. Uh, a, a contact will never ever enter my eye. I would rather have them shoot lasers into my eye to fix the problem than to put contacts in them. Yeah, this that's is not a doctor <laughs> for me too. So. Yeah. Well, this is not a podcast about eyes. It's <laughs> a podcast about the Bible. But, yeah, the Bible. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so so I believe you started the lesson in First John, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that
1: is correct. And so, really, uh, this this letter of First John is a really incredible. Uh, letter because it is addressing what seems to be a very pressured group of Christians, uh, particularly by the ideas of Gnosticism. Um, and, and maybe we just need to, to, to dive in, in a little bit later and talk about maybe what the teachings of Gnosticism were. But, uh, but, but just in a nutshell, uh, John uses this writing as a way to reaffirm the idea of God's love for His people, the people that He has chosen and called out, like First Peter one and two talks about, He talks about that that love doesn't just facilitate in a one way direction. And, and what I mean, I'm, I'm talking about from us back to God. So God has loved us, so therefore we love Him, uh, as as some people and, and, and myself included tend to do sometimes. Like I'm not always concerned about. Loving others, um, except, you know, now that e- e- even as a married person uh, and my responsibility and commitment to love my wife, sometimes I don't think about even loving God. I'm like, oh, I got to love my wife. I got to do things for my wife. And sometimes we leave God out of the equation. We
0: compartmentalize and, our love. And really, if we, if we love God correctly, then we should naturally be loving our fellow man. Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, and, so, and so basically, as he begins uh, in chapter one, God is love. Uh, chapters two and three deal with the idea of of love is is abounding from person to person, and especially in chapters three and four, he he uses some very distinct and strong lang- language. So much so that that he says, if you do not love your brother, it's if, not if that you, it's a bad thing. It's not like you know you you could be you could do better. There's always room for improvement. No, he calls those types of people murderers, mm-hmm. and, and and that is not language that I think anybody would want associated with themselves, and especially we just don't think of love in such strict terms as God sees love, and so I guess that was the entire premise uh, of, of wanting to talk about this, and, and, and just so we can kind of catch you up, we went through a study, and we were concluding a study from 1 Timothy 4, uh, verse 12, where it talks about uh, let no one despise you for your youthfulness, mm-hmm. but rather set for an example for the believers in uh, love, faith, conduct, uh, speech, and purity. And so we kind of pieced those together, and, and that may not necessarily be the order that it is in Scripture. Uh, that just so happened to, to kind of be the order we went through the map. We, uh, we did studies uh, about all five of those topics, and, and last week uh, we finished with love because I think as we came to find out All these things are so directly correlated with each other, and and supreme among those is love. All these things that we do in our Christian walks are because of love.
0: Well, faith, hope, and love abide, but the greatest of these is love, 1 Corinthians 13.
1: And and again, that's not saying that that any of these are less important. Any of those five things that that Paul encourages Timothy to do and to be an example and set an example to the believers are less important. Uh, But love truly is the driving factor among all these things. And that was, that was that's the idea I think John drives home, that love is not only a choice, but love is also an action. And so basically as we went through all these different scriptures we'll get to here in just a second, uh, we kind of talked about like we talked about in one of our other episodes, whether or not it precedes or, or follows this, uh, but as we talked about uh, humility and pride mm. and what pride isn't and what humility is, we talked about what love is and what love is not. And so that's kind of an idea that we're going to kind of explore uh, maybe through the rest of this episode. But any, any thoughts that you have on First well, John or, or the idea of love throughout the Gospels?
0: Well, before before we move on, I wanted to ask you, and I, and I asked you this in relation to First Peter, and it's on my mind because we just recently went back and listened to that episode to kind of critique it. Um, and I'd asked you about First Peter. Are you drawn to that book because you naturally accept what it's saying or because it it challenges you because you're not naturally like that and I, I remember during the study you had specifically said that this whole idea of love of loving your fellow man had been on your mind for quite a while uh, and so i just want to i want to pose the question to you again were you is that were you thinking about that topic because it's something that you naturally gravitate towards or is it something that you struggle in incorporating into your life and that's why it was on your mind I
1: I definitely think I side with the struggle part of it. Yeah, me too. And and I think the unfortunate thing is too, and and it's not right of me, by the way. I'm not I'm not saying I'm I'm some kind of we're just expert being on anything. Yeah, yes. we're just but, being honest, open. But I just I just really see a lack of love, uh, in so many Christians that 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 I see uh, on Facebook, especially. I, I I is that how
0: is that how it started? You saw something that else? that's okay. how it
1: started. Yeah. Um it, it really did. I was looking at some different posts. Um, that was meant to be constructive uh, for those who uh, may have some misconceptions about the gospel. And uh, the more I listened, or or I didn't listen rather, but the more I saw some of the comments, uh, there was no love in some of the comments that I saw. And it just kind of struck me as really unfortunate because I had no connection to these conversations in any way. I didn't have friends that were involved. I just stumbled upon this particular post just by happenstance and here, here, I see Christians who are supposed to be devoted and in, in handing all, all of all things peaceably and with love and humility, uh, calling people names really and saying just some really ugly
0: things. Because I, I, I get that uh, as defenders of the cause of Christ, that there there is a time and a place to be zealous and vehement in our in our fight against evil mm-hmm. and against error. And you know, you know, love loves the truth, and love loves good, and love hates evil. That's that's one of the components of love we don't often talk about. Is that if you if you have proper love, godly love, you're going to hate evil. And so, I get wanting to vehemently defend the, the truth against against evil and against error. Like I said, um, but there is a way in which we can conduct ourselves um, that that is loving as opposed to. Um, and I, and, I, and I struggle with this a lot. Well, there's, there's two things I mainly struggle with, with in, in regards to this topic. Um, one is just having a natural love for my fellow man. And not just love as in um, just like, yeah, I, I like people. Um, you know, Sometimes I struggle with the fact that I just don't like people and, and that I'm not naturally affectionate toward my fellow man. Uh, and that's a problem. That's a real big problem. And that's something I, I really struggled with, especially in my previous job, where I was often tested with um, combative situations with the customers that, that uh, you know I had to I had to work with, and and it was very easy for me to adopt a, a hateful attitude towards my fellow man. And so I struggle with love in that regard, but I also struggle with love in the sense that you know we we want to love our fellow man, but but when does that when do when is our desire to love someone where along the line does that become twisted into us being permissive toward people, toward their sinful lifestyles or toward their, their sinful philosophies. Mm-hmm. That's something I really struggle with is where you draw that line and, 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 and how you navigate the very murky waters of how you interact with someone that you, you love them and you love their soul, but you can't condone what they're doing. And so, you know, we talk about, you know, if we, if there's a brother who is not conducting himself according to, the principles of Christ, then we have to distance ourselves from that person. We have to cut all association with that person. And that's a loving act, but on the surface it 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 appears to not be a loving act. So there's a real struggle there I have.
1: Yeah, Galatians six is one of those those things that we discussed uh and, and, and we'll definitely turn to here in just a few minutes and, and kind of bring you up to what we're talking about. Uh, so again, first John chapter five, starting there in verse one, just to, to to kind of give you some some scriptural context to kind of the idea of this conversation. It says there, everyone who believes that Jesus Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. We'll pause just a second. There is this, uh, th- th- this premise of a two-way street, so to speak. God has loved us. Everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love and obey His commandments. There is the connection that we have to each other, and and, and and as we are unified in the love of God, we have back towards Him. So, verse three: For this is the love of God that when we uh, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of
0: God? What a great phrase. His commandments are not burdensome. How often do we think that God's commands are burdensome, and we and we treat the Christian life as it is some type of drudgery?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we treat, uh, you know, especially as you think about uh, things that people say, like, Whoever thinks of getting made fun of as love and joy and 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 things that aren't a burden, because to us they feel like a burden, mm-hmm.
0: like or or not being able to do the things that we want, you know, being told no. We we, we think that if we're told no, that means that someone doesn't love us, mm-hmm. but really, no could be the the greatest act of love someone can give
1: us. I think it absolutely is in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that, in verses three and four especially, you kind of see this idea that. Love has a product among people and that product sends it back to the creator. We love the father and by so we have action. And and to me, the true nature of love is that action, his commandments. We keep his commandments. That is the love of God. The love of God isn't, you know, I really care about the people and I really want, want my people to be, to be happy and, and sustainable and I want them to feel successful. No, like, God's love is we keep His commandments. We must see love that way, Josh. Otherwise, we really don't know what love is, and mm-hmm. we're really seeing a, a skewed idea of what love is. Because if love was up to you and I, we'd lie about it all the time.
0: Oh, if if love were up to me, because because to me, and my uh, love, almost in our society, in our world, and um, and how we naturally would think of it, we would we take it to mean. True love means that we can do whatever we want. Obedience and love are concepts that we don't think go together very well. We think we think of love and freedom going together. We think of of love and lack of inhibitions is going together. We don't think of. I mean, we're, we're told that we're slaves of Christ. We don't think of love and slavery going together. We don't think of love and obedience. We don't think of love and following commands going together. If it we're up to us, again, we would just. To love would be just to do whatever you want. Like mm. if you love someone, then you let them do what they want, you don't restrict them. No. Um, but it's in, in fact, quite the opposite. Love, love is tough, as the old going says.
1: Yeah, and I like what you. Kind as of the put old it, go- hold on. Of- as
0: the old going says, as the old saying goes. Whoa, <laughs> that was really. I'm sorry. I I just. Totally transpose those words. It's okay, didn't realize whole it. body's nerfed <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you feel better. Please um, let's do the rest of the podcast.
1: Yes, like I'm, I do apologize for that ridiculously nerdy thing I just <laughs> said. Uh, but, but anyway, what you as you were saying, but y- you, you touched on it, and, and it's the idea that that love is more than just a feeling.
0: It's more than a feeling. I just totally <laughs> did a
1: Boston song. I'm on a roll right now. You're, you're doing really well. Um, but it really is. Isn't it great that that because, you know, that's that's the weird thing, because we know that our feelings betray us, and yet we still buy into it all the time. It's like fear. Like, we know fear is nothing substantial. Like, fear is nothing but a thought. Mm-hmm. And yet we bind that all the time. It's the same thing with our feelings. Like sometimes we have feelings like, for example, like there's sometimes when I'm just convinced, and I know you've said it before too, but I'm just convinced that my wife is upset about something. <laughs> yeah, we've had this conversation maybe, maybe, before. Maybe it's, maybe it's the <laughs> idea of, of fear and love all working together. <laughs> but like I'm just totally convinced like my gut, my feeling is saying she's upset about something. Yep. And so like I go off on my way, like I'm conducting myself like walking on eggshells, and she's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, like, what's wrong with you yeah I was like why are you acting this way I was like well I just had a feeling she's like you can just
0: ask me I said you know you're exactly right I could have just asked you, you know? see at least you do it in a far more healthy way the way I do it is I will just keep pressing until I find out what I know is wrong with her and then in that process I actually make her angry when she wasn't angry to begin with I know what you mean Um But <laughs> but, you, but that's it God offers us
1: something more than just thoughts and more than just feelings he, he offers us something that is so real and and, and it's so real because it, it takes action it moves it affects not just our life but as john has been speaking about it affects other people's lives too and together we continue to affect more and more lives i, I always think back to to first peter chapter two the beginning of it as he speaks about the fact that we are living stones building up to be to be this great and house of god great temple of god It's the idea that that all these stones and all these small parts are moving and growing and constantly expanding and working together to be stronger and more effective and and to build a more beautiful structure because we we are, in in essence, affecting all those things that are around us, all these other uh, components that are around us that, that make up this structure. And so that is what love does. Love is such an incredible thing that God has given us. Uh, and, and and just how how dare I short that? How dare mm-hmm. I just say, well, you know, love's a feeling. You know, I, I know Paul talks about in First Corinthians thirteen that love does all these things. Like, yeah, that's just that, that's what you feel in your heart and your soul. Like, no, it's way more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and for example, we mentioned this earlier. So let's turn to Galatians six. Some things that love does. And Josh had kind of brought it up, and so I kind of let him steer this conversation for, for a few moments. Uh, but he talked about that that things sometimes that God tells us is love does not feel very loving. And this is one of those situations in Galatians 6, verse 1. Paul is speaking, uh, kind of a delicate situation, an, an unfortunate situation. But he says, Brothers and sisters, if a person is discovered in some sin, you or her are spiritual, restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, pray... Uh, I'm sorry, not pray, pay close attention to yourselves so that you are not tempted also. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. We should have mentioned that verse
0: in the Pride episode.
1: That would have been a great one to mention, yeah. but we'll mention it now. That's um, good. And, and hopefully, you've listened to that pride episode. You know what we're speaking of. But um, that, that's uh, you're exactly right. That's another great verse to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, when we because think about pride
0: is the antithesis of love. If you're puffed up about yourself, then then you're excluding any thought or concern about anyone yeah, else you but won't yourself. Be mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good. All right. So, 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 your thoughts. You kind of spoke about the idea of withdrawing. Um, from someone, which is kind of the idea that Paul brings up. If someone is, is walking unruly in sin, now this nec- this, is, <clears throat> this might may not necessarily be a situation to where we, uh, we would be obligated to withdraw from someone, uh, especially if they refuse to, to uh, make right their sin and they, they commit their lives to God. But if they reject that, that is when these steps of withdrawal kind of take place. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what, what are your thoughts about it?
0: Well, we have such a flowery definition and conception of love that I mean, harkening back to what I said, I, I think I said this about two or three times already, but it's it's worth repeating. To us, love means that we let someone just do whatever they want to do because to restrict them and to prohibit them from doing something they want to do would be hurtful to them. It would it would it would cause them discomfort or, or um or pain and we've we we've kind of structured our society our society around the premise that anything uncomfortable or painful has to be bad and so for a ch- for a parent to discipline their child for, for for a parent to spank their child or to put them in time out or to take away something from them um or for as in this in this situation for someone to point out and to admonish another person and to tell them that what they're doing is wrong since that causes discomfort and, and, and pain, and our, we think of that as a bad thing. So we, we, we think that love and discipline are, are mutually exclusive. But really, I mean, if, if Jesus Christ loved more perfectly than anyone on the face of the, of the, of the earth, then we're going to have to get behind the idea and accept the fact that pain is a vital component of love. Mm-hmm. because when you open yourself up to uh, if you open yourself up in love towards others because of the fallen state of our world you're inviting yourself to feel pain you're mm-hmm. opening the door for someone to use you and take advantage of you and disappoint you because love believes all things bears all things hopes all things you always are going to if you are love you're always going to expect the best of people and you're always going to give them a chance to redeem themselves no matter how many times they disappoint you and so we we just, just really need to abolish from our minds the idea that that pain and love are mutually exclusive or that discomfort and love are mutually exclusive because love often is going to do the one thing that's going to cause you the most discomfort and the most pain in order for your ultimate good but we only see things in the present and we don't see things in regards to our ultimate good so we think oh this person doesn't love me because he's causing me some momentarily just dis- momentary display that's why that's why couples get divorced you know, this person who used to give me good feelings is no longer giving me those good feelings. I feel some sense, some some lack of pleasure in this relationship, emotional pleasure, and so I'm going to cast this person aside and go after someone who makes me feel good. When really, that's that's not what it's all about. It's not about feeling good. It's about it's about doing the right thing toward your fellow man, no matter how it affects you. Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, when was the last time we thought about Peter's sermon in Acts chapter two is? Is love
0: manifested he, by God? He cut those people. It, it, it literally says he cut those no. people to the heart. He he made them feel. And that's another thing. We don't want to make anyone feel bad. And we don't. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Le, I mean. I mean. You know. Go to any news site or turn on the news. You know. Safe spaces on college campuses or you know um, laws that are trying to prohibit our free speech because we want to categorize anything that offends someone as hate speech. I mean, who's to say that Peter wouldn't have been prosecuted for hate speech, or at least People would want to prosecute him for hate speech because he was causing them discomfort with what he was extreme discomfort. He was accusing them of of a crime against God.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you're exactly right, uh, and and that's 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 tough truths that we must grow and come to terms with. And I, I guess that's kind of the bottom line, um, because to us, like, we gotta love me first. I got to tr- treat myself first before I, I I do anything else, and I and I think about anybody else. That's not what Philippians chapter two speaks to, is it? Count others as more. Sig- uh oh. Uh
0: oh, we've we've just had a major faux pas here on the Press On podcast. Dropped the cup. At least it was an empty cup. If that's it had true. been full, we would have had a really really bad scenario. Yeah, that could have been bad. But it's anyway, okay. It's all good. Philippians two.
1: I love you anyway. Thank you. I appreciate I bu- I'll that. I'll bear the burden of the cup. <laughs> <laughs>
0: love must be tough. Yeah. Indeed.
1: Um, but yeah, you know, when, when Paul speaks uh, to the church there at Philippi about, uh, really he's talking about Jesus Christ, and he speaks to the fact that we are, we are to count others as more significant than ourselves. That, in no easy terms, is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like, like even just say, say we had no societal connection. Say it was back in the seventeen eighteen hundreds 18 hundreds when like, if we wanted to go see somebody, it was a true commitment to go see somebody. We didn't have social media. We didn't have phones. We didn't have all this stuff. Like basically you, you were living your life and everybody else was minding their own business. That would be a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like wh- why should I care about what, what someone else's farms get go- going on over, you know, like in our life, like, it's not, it's not my problem if someone makes bad financial mistakes. That's not my job. That's not my problem. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's their own dumb mistake, right? Mm-hmm. And we have this mentality that if someone makes a mistake, like, well, it's, it's, that's what they get. It's karma. Like, that's what they get for making those right. dumb financial decisions, or that's what they get for, you know, thinking this particular thing would solve our other problems. Um, that's not what love does. Love doesn't say that's what you get. If that was the case, if that's the way that God loved, we'd all be burning right now. And, yeah. and, and I don't say that lightly, by the way. I know right. sometimes oh, yeah. people people tend to, to to lighten the the sense of hell, uh, b- but I, I mean that very seriously. Like if if that's the way that God treated us, we would all be punished forever mm-hmm. right now.
0: It's it strikes me that the way that love is defined in the New Testament seems to be <laughs> if if you are love then the person who's going to be least benefited by that arrangement is yourself. Have you ever thought about that? Mm-hmm. Because because out of this whole arrangement between us and God of him redeeming us, he's the one who's getting the short end of the stick. We're the ones who are benefiting. Now it says, now the scripture says that He about his inheritance and in the saints that he does, it brings him great joy to have fellowship with us, but on a purely just practical level, we're the ones who are getting the most benefit. We're the ones who get to be in communion with the creator of the universe you know he gets to he gets to what associate with human beings who hate him and who rebel against him all the time and so true love is going to be the one if if a person who acts out of true love is going to be the one who is least benefited by that lifestyle mm-hmm.
1: there's one phrase in particular that i think describes what you're speaking to and also gives us a very humbling Pun intended because the passage, ironically enough, is talking about humility. Look at you go. You're on fire tonight. Um, He emptied himself, taking the form of a slave by looking like other men and by sharing in their human nature. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Love empties. In other words removes everything about me and gives it all to God. And by giving it to God, guess what? That means we give it to others. Mm-hmm. That is love. Humble, empty. I'm reminded of other phrases like like we are transformed, like we are not the same person when we come to Christ because his love changes us. But then again, there's that stigma it we must allow it to change us because far too often we become stubborn and like well you know I, I can do nice things for other people but I'm not going to be that nice right you know we go like, out line when there's not yeah. supposed to be one like like we, we have this like inherited dollar amount in our mind like well if my love for someone else exceeds this amount of money like that's somebody else's love like right. I'm not doing that <laughs> that's too much right you know we on, we, we feel like that sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I'll send our minds to one last place before we finish up and that is John chapter 13. And if you're familiar with the gospel, you know what this is. This is when Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Um, and I'll tell you, and, and we're not really going to read the story. Um, and, and please, if, if you don't know it well, please go read the story. It's an incredible story that's um, got a lot of really important applications for us. Uh, but when I think about love doing the tough things, love doing things that, that, we might consider it not, our, not even our place. Like you want to talk about it being not a place. It, it was not Jesus, the son of God's place, to wrap a towel around his waist, go get a basin, and start washing some dirty, nasty desert sandal mm-hmm. feet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'll tell you, Josh, I'm not a feet guy.
0: I don't think anyone is. I think feet are just universally disliked.
1: Like I, I really just, I, I, I don't like. I mean, I, if you notice, I, I always wear socks.
0: Yeah, yeah. For such an important body part, it really gets a bad rap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I just, I just, I just don't like it. Maybe because I don't like my own feet. Like maybe that it may just be a psychological thing. I have no idea. Uh, any of you psychological majors out there can help me with that. But yeah,
0: please fix Jeffrey. He's a yeah. mess.
1: Um, but honestly, and truly, like as I put myself there, like I feel like a lot of us would probably have the reaction of Peter. Mm-hmm. like as in there's this this order of how godly people are ranked. like obviously, and in, 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 in by make no mistake, Jesus is the true Son of God. He mm-hmm. is the high priest on the throne uh, on the right hand of God. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. That is why the book of John exists is to prove the deity. And, and the the rule of Jesus Christ and his all and, and all the authority that he possessed from the father but if if he bent down and tried to wash my feet I, f- I feel like I'd probably be like well you're too good for this and I feel like for us like let's well, slave work like that and, and honestly and truly that, that is exactly what Jesus says like that would not have been a job for the owners of the house uh, whoever's household it would have been say if it was your my uh, you know you and becca's house and, and me and Ashley's house like that wouldn't have been us. Like we would have had hired people that would have done the dirty jobs. Mm-hmm. That would have been something us or our children or our families would have touched.
0: See, we don't get the idea of being a servant because we don't have servants in our houses. Right. That's frowned upon in our mm-hmm. society. We've collectively, as, a, as you know, there's a lot of negative connotations that slavery has because of its association with racism. and That's awful. But we've also fooled ourselves into thinking that slavery as a concept is just. We, we just shouldn't even think of it. It shouldn't even enter into our minds, and really that's the relationship that's conveyed to us as disciples of Christ. We're the slaves of Christ. And so that that is, it, it may not be his place, but he made that his place because he emptied himself, and because the order of the, you talked about the hierarchy in the kingdom, the order of godly people. The greatest among you shall be your servant. If Jesus is the greatest of us, which he is, then he's the one who became servant of all. He came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. mm mm-hmm.
1: Yep, and so I guess uh, my my last two observations and, and I'd, I'd love to to, to to get your input too here as we close um, but two things you should know about John chapter 13 uh, the chapter begins with uh, John recording the fact that Jesus knew his time had come to be betrayed and oh by the way he knew he was going to do it do you think Jesus left Judas out when he was watching the disciples feet? no that's not what the Bible says is it? not at all Jesus washed the feet of a man who was going to bring his his imminent demise, destruction, death, wor- a worse death that we could ever imagine. I feel like if that were you or me or anybody else, we would, we would make them feel as singled out
0: and as awful about themselves as we could. Well, and think about the fact that Jesus picked him in the first place, knowing what was going to happen. Of course, he wanted to, to fulfill all Scripture, but he spent years with this man. Associating with him, and again, no indication given that he treated Judas any differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know Peter, James, and John were—you know—they were—they were with Jesus on certain events that other disciples um, weren't around for. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, Judas was not treated any differently no. than than anyone than any of the other disciples. That goes back to his sermon on the
1: mount, which shows you how consistent Jesus really is. By mm-hmm. the way, in his teaching. Oh, absolutely. Um, but in in his sermon on the mount, he speaks about. Uh, this concept of love and hate uh, to your enemies. And he concludes the statement by saying, love your enemies. Is this not what love looks like? Especially, even to the people that we don't like, even even to the people that are our enemies, that make fun of us, betray us, and try to uh, convince others that, that this gospel, Jesus wasn't real, God isn't real. It's all a made-up story like, you and I have a very real obligation to love them, not make them feel awkward, not treat them any differently than we would each other, but rather love them to the point to where they know without a doubt that God is love because of the love we have for them. That is the ultimate function of love.
0: And can I suggest that you don't have to actively hate someone in order to hate them? Being indifferent to other people is, bas- is-, is hating your fellow man because it's not loving Love is not indifferent. Love is actively engaged in seeking out the benefit of others. That's that's what I struggle with. Um, Jeff, you know me pretty well by this point. We've known each other for about a year. and we spend spent a lot of time together. I'm a naturally pretty grumpy and aloof person most of the time. And I, I really struggle with uh, just liking my fellow man, just wanting to be around my fellow man, Having good thoughts toward them. I mean, my biggest struggle in my previous job, and I alluded to this fact earlier, but I would go in. I would go into work with a hateful attitude towards the people I would have to deal with that day, because of your know, past experiences with some customers or or, or what have you. And I'll, and I'll tell you what: when you carry around that baggage of hatred and bitterness and anger, not only does it poison your soul, but I I firmly believe, because I've lived through it, it poisons your body as well if you don't love your fellow man it it affects your entire being um, and so i would just say again you don't have to e- outright hate them even just being irritated with someone else or just not anything less than a full wholehearted devotion to the benefit of others is hatred never thought about that way before That's i good. mean i mean think think i mean the gospel has always been a very um. Uh, what's the word? A very extreme philosophy. You're either for me or against me. You gather with me, or you scatter. There's no middle ground with God. It's either love or it's hate. If you're not fully loving, then you're fully hating. If you're not fully devoted, then you're fully against God. And so that's the level of severity and seriousness that I I just want to imprint upon the upon myself first and foremost, and then upon anyone listening.
1: Yeah, and the. Um and I guess the end-all conclusion to this, especially as we uh, you know, reflect back on John 13, uh, is that uh, Jesus gets back up after he completes washing all their feet. He puts on his outer garment, uh, in a sense, returning to his position as uh, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. Uh, and he says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you have done so correctly, for that is what I am. And if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you too ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. And I tell you the solemn truth, the slave is not greater than his master, nor is the one who is sent as a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you understand these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The most important part about that entire section of scripture is if you do them. This I have set for you an example. If I, your teacher and your Lord, if, if you truly say that I am who I claim to be, if you have acknowledged that, that I am the Christ, the one that is going to come to save, the one that John the Baptist had had spoke about, the one that would come, that would that, that of whom sandals he was not even worthy to loose, you ought to do these things as well, because of our love and our commitment. To Jesus, that is why we do these things, because Jesus was willing to do them first. That's love. That is the function, that is the the trueness, that is the nature
0: of God, because God is love. I think it was even better the second time you said it, Jeffrey. I, I appreciate your thoughts. And uh I have nothing more to add to it. I appreciate you. Um I love you and the work you do. Um, but as Jesus said, if you love only your friends, what good does that do to you? I need to get around to loving my enemies. I need to get around to loving the random people I, I come in contact with every day. Yeah, we all do. We all um, do. So that's all That's all I got. Thanks, thanks for
1: tuning in, guys. Um, we do appreciate it. We're glad to be, as, as Josh puts, we're, we're back on the saddle. Mm-hmm. We're we're ready for new content, uh, especially once once this move is complete. Um, we're really hoping to get after. It. We'll actually be closer. We'll actually live closer to each You'll other. You'll be like a minute away. It'll be like a minute and a half away. So we're we're pretty excited about that. Uh, be able to do some spot things. And, and and like I said, we we also want to. Uh, we're, we're going to begin producing some videos. I don't know the timeline exactly of those things, uh, but several people have, have asked about those things.
0: You know what we need to do? I a, a guest. We need to get another guest yeah, on. Yeah, we do.
1: Yeah, we, and, and, and we've got some lined up. It's just been a matter of making it happen. Logistics. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just been a matter of being able to, to make that happen. But, um, until then, you're stuck with us. Yeah, until then, you're going to have to listen to us. But we really do appreciate all the 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 encouragement um just the other day someone said you know I was really praying for, praying for what you guys are doing and that just really struck me Oh really? Me you and, didn't tell me that. Me. Um well yeah because I just remembered it. Oh,
0: okay. Awesome. The function of a bad memory. Um, <laughs> this is a press on exclusive yeah. for myself as well as the audience. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, that's great. I'm glad I'm glad people are um like I said in the previous episode, you know, um one of my friends back in Florida, I mean the the lack of content was missed um, you know, we've always said it before, if there's one person who's still listening to this, then we'll we'll continue because I mean, you know, the the one sheep that goes astray, more joy is, is you know, brought over it than the than the ninety nine. It's worth going after. Yeah, absolutely. Um so again, questions, comments, feedback, leave it on our Facebook page. And uh, I think we've rambled on long enough. This mm-hmm. is the Press On Podcast. My name is Josh. And I'm Jeff. you all have a great night.